Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Welcome to Holy Smokes Catholic Review, your weekly dose of good cigars and the good news. This podcast is brought to you by St. John Vianney Catholic Church in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Now, here's your host, Father Scott. It is Holy Smokes Catholic Review. Father Scott along with Father Jimmy Marshall. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be, he'll be here in a minute. Don't worry about it. So uh, we're going to be talking about Christmas, which for us Catholics is a season. It's not just a day celebration, but a whole season, which wraps up with the Feast of the Epiphany. That's when we recall the arrival of the Magi. You know, it used to be that Christmas... Uh, continued throughout January into February, ended with the Feast of the Presentation, which we also call Candlemas Day, but that all changed. So now it wraps up with the Feast of the Epiphany. However, you can make the argument that it's the, you know, the Feast of uh, the Baptism of our Lord, uh, during which, uh, you know, Christmas comes to a close. Whatever the case, we're still celebrating Christmas. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time, which is like the worst Christmas song ever. Hey, um, and in fact, you know what I think we should do? Let's have a purging, shall we? Let's do a purging right now. We're going to do a purging of all those terrible Christmas songs that, uh, you know, we've all been subject, uh, you know, on the radio. You know, you turn on your car radio uh, and then we, you know, we got to listen to the the just endless terrible Christmas tunes. Um, a mother got hit by a reindeer that Santa kissed, or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, the wonderful Christmas time, Paul McCartney. Oof. So let's purge. We're purging. Hey, uh, now, this is no a slam on the beautiful Christmas hymns that we sing at the church on Christmas, O Holy Night, uh, Little Town of Bethlehem, all those beautiful songs. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about that other stuff. 
simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Hey, y'all, here's something. This came out, you know, this is Wednesday. We're recording on a Wednesday. So yesterday was the feast of, uh, actually, no, it would be, what is today? Okay, so on Tuesday was the feast. No, that was the feast of the Holy Innocents. So uh, the 29th was the feast. That's right. So the feast of Thomas Beckett was yesterday. Okay, I got it. I got it. So, um, but this was issued on the 28th, the day before the feast of the martyrdom of St. Thomas Beckett. Okay, now the guy who wrote this, you may like, you may not like, you may hate, I don't know. Many people love this guy. They pack his rallies. Some people don't like this guy, not at all. But listen, he wrote this. This was released yesterday. I'm going to read pretty much all of this. Okay, and then uh, you decide. So uh, it has to do with religious freedom. Today is the 850th anniversary of the martyrdom of St. Thomas Beckett on December 29th, 1170. Thomas Beckett was a statesman, a scholar, a chancellor, a priest, and an archbishop, and a lion of religious liberty. Before the Magna Carta was drafted, before the right to free exercise of religious uh, or religion was enshrined as America's first freedom in our glorious Constitution, Thomas gave his life so that, as he said, the church will attain liberty and peace. A son of a London sheriff and once described as a low-born clerk by the king who had him killed, Thomas Becket rose to become the leader of the church in England. When the crown attempted to encroach upon the affairs of the house of God through the constitutions of Clarendon, Thomas refused to sign the offending document. When the furious king Henry II threatened to hold him in contempt of royal authority and question why this poor and humble priest would dare defy him, Archbishop Becket responded, God is the supreme ruler above kings, and we ought to obey God rather than men. Because Thomas would not assent to rendering the church subservient to the state, he was forced to forfeit all his property and flee his own country. Years later, after the intervention of the Pope, Becket was allowed to return and continued to resist the king's oppressive interferences into the life of the church. Finally, the king had had enough of Thomas Becket's stalwart defense of religious faith and reportedly exclaimed in consternation, Will no one rid me of this meddlesome priest? The king's knights then responded and rode to Canterbury Cathedral to deliver Thomas Becket an ultimatum. Give in to the king's demands or die. Thomas's reply echoes around the world and across the ages. His last words on this earth were these, For the name of Jesus and the protection of the church, I am ready to embrace death. Dressed in holy robes, Thomas was cut down where he stood inside the walls of his own church. Okay, I'm going to skip down just a couple of paragraphs. As Americans, we were first united by our belief that rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. And that defending liberty is more important than life itself. If we are to continue to be the land of the free, no government official, no governor, no bureaucrat, no judge, and no legislator must be allowed to decree what is orthodox in matters of religion or to require religious believers to violate their consciences. No right is more fundamental to a peaceful, prosperous, and virtuous society than the right to follow one's religious convictions. 
as I declared in Krasinski Square, I guess, Krasinski, Krasinski uh, Square in Warsaw, close enough, right? Close enough. I'm not Polish. So this was in Poland on uh, the 6th of July, 2017. I continue, the people of America and the people of the world still cry out, we want God. On this day, we celebrate and revere Thomas Beckett's courageous stand for religious liberty, and we reaffirm our call to end religious persecution worldwide. In my historic address to the United Nations last year, I made clear that America stands with believers in every country who ask only for the freedom to live according to the faith that is within their own hearts. I also stated that global bureaucrats have absolutely no business attacking the sovereignty of nations that wish to protect innocent life reflecting the belief held by the United States and many other countries that every child, born and unborn, is a sacred gift from God. Then he continues, I'm going to skip a couple of uh, paragraphs. To honor Thomas Beckett's memory, the crimes against people of faith must stop. Prisoners of conscience must be released. Laws restricting freedom of religion and belief must be repealed. And the vulnerable, the defenseless, and the oppressed must be protected. The tyranny and murder that shocked the conscience of the Middle Ages must never be allowed to happen again. As long as America stands, we will always defend religious liberty. Okay, you know who wrote this? Donald J. Trump, President of the United States. That's some good stuff. Hey, uh, let's bring in Father Jamie Marshall. Hey, how's your brain? It's a bit tired. It's a lot of tired. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, we've been doing this now for nine months. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the lockdown. You know what? Uh, and it's true. Listen, this, this, this virus was here the December or the November or the October of before that. Right. I know you that. You know that? It's true. And I bet I had it. Well, okay, you say that, but why? Because I know all kinds of people who are saying this. Well, because I had the dry cough and it, and there was all that stuff that they say you that uh, is a sign that you have it. Did you lose your uh, taste? I don't even remember. I was so tired and and not feeling well at all. I don't remember any mm-hmm. of that. I, I mean, I'm just saying that. I think, well, because a lot of people, they found out that a lot of people had it. And didn't know they had that. Ha, ha, didn't know that they had it. Right? Mm-hmm. There was a doctor in San Francisco who who did it. Uh, took samples from a whole bunch of people, and he said there's a lot more people in San Francisco area who have had this who didn't who don't know that they had it, uh, which changes the whole percentage of people you know uh, who are dying from this or whatever, and uh, that's not covered very well in the media. Yeah. So I have the Corona brain, <laughs> even though I don't think I've had the coronavirus or a, or I, I don't, I, I don't have it. I don't think, I don't think I had it, but man, my brain is just not firing on all cylinders. I can't even form a sentence these days. Well, I, I just, have trouble with that. I've had trouble with that all my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, you know what it is though? We need vacation. We need we need a trip to sunny Arizona with our golf clubs. That's right, where we can go play golf in the sun and get away from the all of the stuff that we have to deal with. And uh, we haven't done it in a year. Yeah, it's been a year. So, Phoenix, Tucson, 
any place that's warm with sun and uh, where, where the golf courses are open. Yeah, they're open there. So they never shut them down like they did here. Oh uh, well, that's that's what makes New Mexico stand out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So how was your uh, how was your Christmas? By the way, I wanted to. I just read this document or a prop prop proclamation, prop prop proclamation from uh, <laughs> from uh, Donald Trump on religious freedom on the occasion of the anniversary of the death of Thomas Beckett, right? Catholic bishop, right? We're going to talk about that. It's it's a great art. I I just read it not too long ago. So yeah. So your Christmas, how was it? It was great. We had lots of people. Uh, our our children's mass that we always have at five thirty on Christmas Eve was um, the, we had the most people. In fact, people just kept coming in, and uh, we had eventually that I had to open. I have a cry room, and we have a which is, we're not supposed to use, but the cry room is is like the ceilings are way up you know it's real high and it's a big room so you can still do you know safe distancing in there without too much trouble so we put people in the cry room and uh we accommodated everybody who wanted to come so yeah so it wasn't you know it wasn't overflowing it was but it was a pretty large group of people yeah so we had uh, you know we're allowed 25 percent. so uh, you know the four o'clock mass because we had three on christmas eve three on christmas day the four o'clock is always the most attended last year we had like 700 people so this year you know we we hit our limit and uh you know i started mad put the sign outside that says full so people just you know like don't read or they can't read or they just don't care to or they don't see it or whatever but um, selective, uh, like, a, a, uh, like a didn't see it, you know what I mean? Uh, does that make sense? Like, it's like selective hearing, only selective, oh, I didn't see it, the sign, that big sign that says full. It's in neon lights <laughs> with big neon arrow pointing at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any case, but, uh, yeah, they, they kept coming, so, but we did okay. We got through it. And it was a nice, they were nice, it was a nice celebration. I enjoy, and I enjoy Christmas more than any other time of the year, really. Yeah, I like Christmas. But uh, yeah, my brain just is, uh, you know, I need that vacation. And so any case, uh, gee whiz. Um, So uh, now let's, uh, let's talk about this document or this proclamation, shall we? Sure. Okay, sure. because it's important, and you know, by the way, when I read this, I, I, uh, if if I did not know that Donald Trump penned this, I would think Fulton Sheen. I agree. I mean, it's well written, and it yep. says everything it needs to say. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of uh, uh, respect for life, respect for religious freedom, the very things our Constitution w- was meant to protect, right? The, the rights of individuals to worship God according to their conscience. Uh, and that the government doesn't have the right to impose itself on, on, that, on that liberty because it's God who has you know, given us those, those rights and freedoms, not right. the government. Right. And, and Beckett was one who fought the king, King Henry II, on this, you know, for religious. He fought for and died for religious freedom. Okay. And, and it's, uh, you know, seriously, today... There are those forces in our government, okay, and and outside of our government, but in our government, whose mission is to take away our religious freedoms, and they are having success right under our noses. Our our freedoms are being stripped away, okay? 
And, uh, you know, the pandemic is one thing, okay? But there's many other ways. And, and you say, well, why? Well, because, look, the church opposes that which many in this world or the worldly wish to promote, like abortion rights. The church opposes abortion rights. So those who are pro-abort advocates, what do they do? They have to silence the church. It's just like in the time of Christ. You know, Jesus spoke the truth. So how do you get rid of the one? How do you end when an end or bring an end to the truth being taught? Well, you get rid of the truth speaker. And in that case, it was Jesus. So today, the church, people of faith who speak the truth, take away, you know, take away our, that's ultimate what they want, take away our freedom of speech. That's right. And, and you know, you've met, what you said there, I think, is, is pretty profound because really the way, one of the ways they're taking away our right, free speech rights, which is, which is part of our religious, our, our religious rights, is by not, uh, uh, is through, is because the media, it's, uh, through the media itself, which has been, also has been part of this uh, agenda to silence people of faith by simply not reporting the truth, not not re- not giving us the news uh, or the uh, the 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 truth about what's going on in the world today. It's, it, there's a huge filter. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, Google, they they suppress face. Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, YouTube and all these others. They they'll suppress. Those messages that they don't like, and they'll do it in the name of uh, the public good, right? They're going to save us from ourselves. That's that's Marxism. Yeah, it is. But this stuff goes on, and you know, uh, it's like almost like we're helpless to do anything about it. It does feel that way, right? Yeah, uh, that's, that's what it feels. That's like. why we need to pray even more. And that's why the example of Saint Thomas Becket is such a great example, you know, because he was a nobody. In terms of the in terms of the society he lived in, yet he he became the head of the Church of England, and he had the courage to speak the truth to Henry the Second, who who wanted control of the church. He didn't want to he didn't want a church that uh, shepherded people and and taught them the truth. He wanted a church that was uh, that would conform to his way of thinking and what he wanted. Mm-hmm. He was his thinking was distorted. It was it was wrong, and Thomas Becket. Let him know that, you know, God is is in charge, not you. You're not said, the boss of me. <laughs> that's basically what he said, though. He said, "Look, we serve God, not man." Right. right. That's that's right. And and you know the thing of it is, you you uh, you want, and we see this going on in Canada, where if a priest speaks again against abortion or same sex unions, okay, well that's hate speech and shut right. him up, right? Right. And and the other thing too, this is uh, you know we have a right to share our faith. When I'm outside of this building, I have a, a, a constitutional right to share my faith, to share my ideas, and to hopefully bring people to Christ. Their ideas beyond the church, once you're in the building, whatever. Outside of the church, no. That's right. Well, that's that's also very Marxist as well. Remember the uh, the, the Bolsheviks or the Soviets had their own constitution, and and they always try to ape the the truth they try to they try to use words in such a way as to make it sound like they're just like we are they respect it but they're but the whole concept of of their right to religion was you have the right 
to worship God in, in private. In other words, in your home, mm-hmm. and not and after a while, not even then, right? But uh, they had to give people at least a sense that they could that they could worship God somewhere, but not in mm-hmm. public. That's that's the state. That's the realm of the state, and the state t- is in control. Mm-hmm. The state sets the rules. Right. And same thing in China. Oh, well, it's it, communist. Times, yeah, on steroids. Well, it's communist. Right. And you know, we we already know what you know. Our lady said at Fatima, okay, evil. She called it evil. It is evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a dark force behind it. That's right. Okay, so it's not less of an evil than the evil that came out of Russia. It's communism. Okay, it's not good. Right, and you think about the Chinese, they have no tradition, uh, no Christian tradition to, for the people to fall back on. Mm-hmm. So they come from a, a essentially a pagan culture, mm-hmm. and it's much more difficult for them to you know understand... Uh, Right from wrong, truth from from lie. Um, I don't mean to sound, you know, uh, like Christianity has all. It does have all the answers, but uh, the truth is that the teachings of Christ are what are what sets us apart from the rest of the world. So, uh, by the way, Trump mentions in this document uh, two of the Catholic uh, bishops from China. Oh yes, yeah. I'm looking for it now. Let's see. It would be uh, who are they? Um, one is from Hong Kong, and the and I think the other one is I don't think he's a bishop. I think he's from um, yeah. So Bishop Zen Joseph Zen of Hong Kong and Pastor Wang Yi of is it Shendu? Shendu? Yeah. Well, good good luck with that. That's. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, they're they're fighting the good fight out there. Well, there's a the underground church in China has been. I mean, has gone through it, right? They, uh, the patriotic, you have the patriotic church, and apparently there was a, uh, uh, some kind of treaty signed with the Vatican uh, last year in which they would allow the Chinese government to have a say in, in the bishops that were, the, who would be bishops and who wouldn't. That's very interesting, by the way, because that was the very fight that Thomas Beckett had with Henry. And the investiture controversy that, that plagued the church for three or 400 years, where, where the monarchs of Europe wanted to be able to have a, a say in who, who was put, put where in terms of bishops, uh, eventually the Pope said, no, we have, I have the authority to say who will be a bishop. I will certainly consult with you, but and these kind of treaties came out of this. But um, but the the underground church, which again for years has been persecuted by the Chinese communist government, uh, I think they feel like they've been abandoned, and now they're now they have no one they can turn to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a it's a reality, and uh, I know that that Christ will ultimately prevail in this. But man, I tell you. We got to stand with those people. Yeah, we do. Meantime, here in the United States and in New Mexico and in Albuquerque, uh, two mega parishes, one being Calvary and the other being Legacy Church, so had uh, their uh, against the governor's wishes and the mayor and you know twenty five percent. So they had their and these these are big buildings. They hold like what a thousand, two thousand people, two or three thousand people at least. So they more. they had their Christmas Eve uh, candlelight, you know, and packed them. And if you saw the pictures, the people are standing shoulder to shoulder, no mask, and singing, and singing. So now they're being fined by the state or the city, whichever. 
I think up to ten thousand dollars, right? Right, and they'll they'll f- try to find some other way too to to uh, prevent them from opening their doors. Um, now I support their right to to gather. However, see, I was uh, well. Look, I understand that you know there's a pandemic and it's killing people and it's you know it's it's deadly and people are getting sick. Okay, but we can't live in fear. But we have to be very careful. Now, me personally, when I saw those pictures, I'm like, okay, look, I defend their right to gather, okay? But at the same time, if I'm a person and I see these pictures of the people and the congregation with their candlelight standing soldier to soldier with the, the, you know, no mask. So I, look, if I walk into that building, I, I take a look around and I'm like, no, I'm not staying. Probably. That's probably what I would have done, too. So you've got to be smart about this. Don't you think? Yes. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Mo- I'm not going to shoulder up uh, at a bar uh, shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of drunks who, who could get me <laughs> sick. I mean, you got you got to use your brain. You got to use common sense and say, look, I, I'm not going in there. Right. But uh, I think that also this has been a long time coming. The lockdown, I think, is unreasonable. That people have not been allowed to live their lives uh, now for nine months. That they've been they've been isolated. Um, I agree with that. There, there's a, a level of frustration. I don't think that again the media is is covering. There is there's a lot more going on than just the pandemic, and I think that 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 is more like a protest. So I suppose if they wanted to really really uh, make a point they could say no we're just holding a protest because as we saw in the summertime right you can right. you can have a protest and right. get away with it and, fact, and not only can, that you get praised by that's the right media. you can you could loot you can destroy private property um they were just singing <laughs> <laughs> well see that's a crime that was no but that was a protest singing it was like <laughs> 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 you see this is this is the problem right you can't everybody nobody well see no but just say stuff see here's the problem okay so with with uh you know with the coronavirus okay yeah they say the droplets right when you sing you spray droplets okay but when you shout obscenities the you know all the droplets tend to like go back into your esophagus <laughs> i guess <laughs> well this will this is all the big lie <laughs> Nobody tells it. Nobody. Everybody just says stuff now, and it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It all. The only matters who's saying it. Mm-hmm. Well, look, you know, and the thing too is, you watch the media. You don't know what to believe anymore. No, that's true. That's and then scary. that's the other thing too. Doctor Fauci says one thing one day, and the next day he says something completely different. He's not a truth teller. Look, and um, and Marco Rubio, by the way, called him on it. Yeah. Okay, because one day, oh, the vaccine, and by the spring, we're going to be good. And then the next day, he says, beware, you know, up until 2023, it's going to be very dark, and people are going to die. It's like, make up your mind, dude. You're a scientist. It depends on who he's talking to, I suppose. I guess. Yeah, (laughs) if he's on Fox or if he's on CNN, I guess. I don't know. But so in any case, you know, you watch the media, and uh, you, you just don't know what to believe anymore. So I suppose the thing to do is to shut the thing off. Yeah, I've 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 stopped watching. I don't I don't even watch Fox anymore. Yeah. Um I you know, I'll try to find alternative alternative sources that of people that I trust, you know. Um 
Rush Limbaugh is one of them. I don't know if I can say that or not, but I like Rush. And yeah, it's okay. I like his guest host, you know. You can say um, it. Yeah. No, yeah, you can say it. So the, uh, I we just have to start thinking for ourselves. And, yeah. and like you say, you know, take seriously this thing, you know, don't, don't take unnecessary risks that, cause that's not, that's not what God wants, but at the same time, live your life. But people, I think, <clears throat> well, maybe not everybody, but, uh, you know, give people credit for being smart enough to that's, make decisions. I don't need the governor or <clears throat> president right. to tell me, you know, uh, not to go into that room because there's too many people. I can figure this out on my own. That's and there's the point, right? The, this is why I think people are so frustrated is because politicians and other experts who think they know more than everybody else, they're more than happy to tell you what to do. They never ask people uh, what they think or, or how, how what, you know, what they're thinking about these things. They simply dictate to them. And that is tyranny. That's that's what tyrannical governments do. They just impose on the people because the people are too stupid to know what to do. And uh, I'm, you know, that's a. I I'm sorry, but I'm not going to listen to somebody who thinks he's an expert, um, who I've never met, and I you know, I don't well, know where see they there, came from. Their argument would be though, like the governor's argument would be, well, look at the pictures of Calvary and a legacy from Christmas Eve and you see people doing stupid things, but I think they're doing something like, stupid, like, right. you know, cram into a room. But I think that's because they locked us down to begin with. If they had, if they had done like what they did in South Dakota and said, look, these are kind of things that you need to implement in order to keep people safe. And it cut, had allowed people to continue to live their lives. That kind of stuff wouldn't be happening. Okay. I'll go along I, I, with that. I blame I blame the governor. I blame all these politicians who have locked down the state, who have cost people their businesses and their jobs, have separated families, all in all to save their lives. Uh, thank you, but I don't need a savior. I already have one, and he knows a lot more than you do. So I know that people will disagree with me, but I, that's no. Uh, I don't know. You know, some would some. Some are uh, on the same page you are, you know, and, and then, oh, by the way, so yesterday I was on, um, I was on the, uh, the rock a talk. Oh, you got on? Yeah, I was on. With Eddie? <laughs> well, I was in the studio. Were you? I was an in-studio guest. How cool is that? For Why an didn't hour. you call me? I don't know. Yeah. Why, why, why would I call you? The only <laughs> how'd time you get, I, how'd you well, get in there? The only time I call you is when I need money. <laughs> 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 How did I get in? I broke in. I threw a rock through the window and climbed oh, good. in. No, um, so we had arranged it some time ago. So oh. with Eddie Aragon, uh, an intense person. Yes, he is. But he's nice, but he's intense. But, you know, uh, the reason I listen to him, and I don't agree with everything he says, but the reason I like to listen to him is because he says what he thinks. He doesn't hold back, you know? That's right. Right? So... Um, but, uh, he asked me, you know, about the people in, in the congregation, how, how are they responding or handling, you know, this, this, you know, pandemic. And I just told him, look, you know, like, like anywhere else, our parish, you know, is, is, you know, you've got people that are afraid to leave the house. Okay. And, and some for good reason, some for not so good a reason, 
Like the guy who's lighting a cigarette telling me, Padre, <laughs> you haven't seen me in a while because I'm afraid of getting sick. <laughs> <laughs> as, you, as you imitate smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I'm giving you sound effects. <laughs> I mean, blowing smoke all over the place. I'm afraid of getting sick, Padre. <laughs> One lady who, uh, you know, I, you know, said she hadn't been to church. I just called, you know, I call <clears throat> parishioners just out of the blue and just to check up on them. Right. Ones I haven't seen. So one lady, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Padre, it's the pandemic. We're afraid. And so there I am in the uh, Smith's grocery store. Guess who I run into? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so you got those people, but then you've got the people who, you know, legitimate, you know, heart uh, condition cases that, okay, that's fine. Diabetes. So some people, know, though, but like some that. people are are completely safe and they're like, you know, they just don't want to. Other people are at the extreme end of, uh, 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 you know, the other other side, you know. So this is a, a, a scamdemic. They call it a plandemic. Uh, they're not taking any precautions whatsoever. Then the majority of the people, though, uh, understand the danger and they're very careful, but yet they're not afraid to live their lives. Right? Right. I agree. I mean, um, gosh, that's, it's the problem. The problem started when they when they shut down the country. It, it, and we, we saw it coming, dude. We said, right. look, lo- put, look safeguard the people that have underlying conditions. Okay? Right. Right. But don't lock down the country because no, you're going to have all see, kinds remember, of other remember, problems. This is, right. So you remember that the, the, the people who say plandemic scamdemic remember that these models, and these are the same people who do the climate models models that say the, that the planet's going to uh, melt down and everybody's going to drown. The models that they came up with that they were using said that there were going to be three million dead in the United States within the uh, period of, of, I think, a few months. That was so far outside reality that when it finally came home, it was, but it was already too late by then. Mm-hmm. They already locked down the country, and and the uh, the government didn't want to didn't want to admit that it had been misled. And that, you know, and that includes Donald Trump, who was listening to, quote, the experts who said you have to do this. Otherwise, there's going to be millions of people dead. I'm sure they didn't want to lock things down. But I I think at some point we're going to have to say, look, let's again, let's go back and let's get out. Let's go to work and let's take care of the people that need to be taken care of, like you said. And, and, you know, uh, just just try to do something than other than what we're doing now yeah but see other parts of the country are not as shut down as we are that's true it's texas only, texas right. you know they have 75 the churches i think are like 75 percent capacity right. arizona as well florida and you say well look at arizona's having a spike in cases yeah but you know what compare two things number one look at look at uh we're we're doing the severe lockdown and uh you know, we're 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 uh, our numbers are are not well. Their number. Let's put it this way: their numbers are not greater than ours. The other thing too is you consider the population of Arizona versus New Mexico. Well, you can just compare it to California. Just compare it though. But what I'm saying though is, as far as you know, uh, you know, we're with the severe lockdowns. 
look, they're they're per capita. They're they're doing we're doing worse with our crazy lockdowns than they are per capita. And that and that has something to do with the the ethnicity of our population and also the uh, you know the poverty that exists uh around the 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 uh state as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm yeah, so that's that's all part of it. Um we just have to we just have to re- be able to step back and say did we do the right thing or should we do something different? Yeah, okay, I'm done talking about this. Me too. I've had enough. I'd rather talk about Thomas Beckett. (laughs) (laughs) So what else? You like to smoke cigars. Well, I I bought a cigar because it was like, it interested me. It was, had a, I think probably a 70 ring gauge, Mm -hmm. which is huge, huge. And uh, it's a Nicaraguan and it's a, a Maduro. I haven't yet smoked it, but it. Uh, but I will smoke it, and when I come back again, I'll give you a review about it because I, t- I promised everyone that I would have a different cigar to review, but I haven't yet had a chance to smoke it. Okay, I had the uh, my father's. I, I got a box of cigars or a, a bag from. <clears throat> I got many bags of cigars for Christmas. Isn't that good? Did they give you nice cigars? Yeah, I was trying to quit. Looks like I picked <laughs> the wrong time to quit. <laughs> So now I'm obligated to smoke them. Oh, well, you know, got to destroy the evidence. Uh, so I smoked a cigar I'd never smoked before, the My Father's La Promesa Robusto Grande. It's a five and a half by 54. And um, so, you know, you can't go wrong with these My Father's cigars. No, they're good. Is that the one with the blue wrapper? Yeah. Well, it's got the red wrapper, but there is blue in no, it. Oh, that's a, oh, let me see that again. That's one of the good ones, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, a uh, really nice taste, and I'll tell you this, okay? It's got a robust flavor, but uh, doesn't burn your throat. Uh, it doesn't, uh, you know when you wake up in the middle of the night, and you're like, that's the problem with Padrones, though. You you feel like you... Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty harsh. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> and I'm not slamming on Padrones. Mind you. Uh, so the La Promesa. So in any case, it's a great, a uh, lot of flavor, and uh, but not too harsh. And it burned all the way down. It didn't get too hot. You know the problem with some cigars, when you start getting down towards your fingers, they, they get start hot. getting hot. Not this. So very much recommend the La Promesa by my fathers. It's Garcia and Garcia. Right. And they, and they, that he doesn't have, I forget which one he has there, but. The the one that I like is the box press, mm-hmm. and it's a Maduro. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really nice cigar. Let's see what else I got in my bag of good goodies. Uh, the um, the uh, the Bourbon cigar. Have you heard of it? No. Uh, it's interesting Looks looking. Like they dipped it in wax. Oh, yeah. it's good. <laughs> Bourbon. The Bourbon. I'm guessing. I got this uh, Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real. Those are good. Yeah. Also got the, uh, okay, I got two of those. Uh, the uh, Royal Oak, which I've had before. They're okay. And then these are great, these Olivas. They're good. Yeah, I was looking at those today. Yeah. Hey, so uh, cig- cigar sales, okay, ever since the pandemic, uh through the roof. They're like up, uh, I don't even know the percentage, but it's huge. I mean, you can't even, people are, and I can tell you, my my own personal experience, my 
imbibing has increased significantly. But we, yeah, remember we quit though for almost two months. Yeah. So, but now you're back up to your normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I won't say. Yeah, I think I've, I don't think I've reached the limits yet on where I was, but. So we have to quit again for land or something. Yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> okay, so Christmas, uh, you know, we, we celebrated the birth of Jesus, okay? So let's talk some good news, because we've been talking about this pandemic and the problem with, you know, the, the, with the, you know, the, the religious freedom thing being stripped away. It's all very dark and, and whatever. And it's true. We live in dark times, okay? And it's not, by the way, the, the worst of times. No, not, not it's even not close. at all. OK, um, but still for us. And you know what? It's true. I was talking you know, when I was on the program yesterday on, on uh, the Rock of Talk. So I was talking to um, uh, a Rudy Grande about this. Um, now I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Corona brain <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> seizure. <laughs> Dang, dude. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought only I did stuff like that. No, I don't know. It's it's crazy. <laughs> but uh, so I'll come back to that. But in any case, um, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, look, so Christmas, and this is kind of where I went on with the uh, sermon or the homily for Christmas, because, you know, we have these these uh, these uh, or this darkness around us. Or maybe these darkness says multiple Darknesses like the darkness of the coronavirus, um, and then uh, our political divide, and just all the stuff with the election. You know, is it was it was there fraud? Was was the election taken from Donald Trump? We don't know. You know, I just you know I'm just tired of thinking about it. But all this stuff, right? That's going on. Uh, you know, with uh, you know, in China and just everything, right? So, but. So when you consider, think about the, the, the Christmas story, okay? And it's all so beautiful and cute, and Jesus is born. Well, let's start with the Blessed Mother, okay? So angel appears, and isn't it wonderful? And it's all so beautiful, and she was also beautiful. And this angel said, you will give birth to the Messiah, and then the baby was born. And there's Joseph, and baby Jesus, and Mary, and the shepherds come along and there's angels singing and twinkly lights and then there's the star in the heavens and then the magi arrive you know with their gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh you know and just right before that by the way you know the couple took the baby jesus into the temple and uh to be presented to the lord and simeon the old man prophet you know, said, oh, now you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled because he was told by the uh, spirit that he would not see death until he saw or, or yeah, he would he would not. That's it. He would not see death until uh, he's, he, you know, the held, child, right? Beheld right. The, 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 the promised Messiah. So, uh, you know, so the whole story is beautiful and cute and we just love it and isn't it great. And, but. In reality, that story, you know, is surrounded, shrouded in darkness. Okay, well, okay, so let's go back to the Blessed Mother when the angel appeared. All right, so uh, here's an angel, and she was like 13 or something. We know this because girls were betrothed to their husbands at about that age. 
So she's like really young. And then uh, an angel, not just an angel, but an archangel appeared to her and then announced that she would be pregnant. Okay. Now she's what's going through her head. I'm a virgin. How can this be? And, and you know what, what were people going to say? What were people going to think? And then Joseph was going to dismiss her. But then the angel, of course, appeared to him and said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Okay. But he was going to just divorce her quietly. Um, so then, you know, the birth of Jesus uh, in a cave manger, a place that was, you know, good enough really for, for cows and, and, you know, it was uh, not suitable for humans. Okay, but, you know, there he was born. The night was probably cold. Then on the eighth day, they take him into the temple. Uh, The mother hands him over, you know, and uh, Simeon, that old man prophet, you know, looks at Mary and she's a young girl. And he says, a sword of sorrows is going to pierce your soul. Okay, and then when the Magi show up, um, you know, they they go to they, they had an audience with King Herod. To ascertain the place of the child's uh, birth, you know, where they could find the child. Then Herod flipped out out of jealousy. So he sent out soldiers to to hunt down the child and put the child to death. And what he ended up doing was in, in to ensure that he was successful, ordered that all the boys up to two years old were were massacred. We have a feast for it. It's called the Feast of the Holy Innocents. We celebrated it just a few days ago, right? So all those those children were were executed, all all because Herod had this crazy idea that this child was going to take his place on the throne. Crazy, okay. And then so Joseph had to pack his family and flee, okay. And and uh, so you know. Uh, we don't know about the dangers. What about the dangers on their way to Egypt while in Egypt and on their way back from Egypt? Okay. And then, you know, the, the kind of the story wraps up, you know, when the, uh, the, the finding in the temple, when the marriage or the, uh, the, the, the couple, Mary and uh, Joseph, they, they, they lost their kid for like four days. They lose their kid. Okay. So look, the story of Jesus, it's all pretty and twinkly lights and we celebrate with trees and all this stuff, right? Well, the true story, the whole, uh, account is shrouded in darkness. Okay. Darkness. Um, so, and not to mention, you know, at the time of Christ, what pandemic, they had what leprosy. And in those days, by the way, let's say you got a kidney stone, you died. If you had an abscess tooth, where did you go? There was no Dr. Madrid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. So look, my point is this, that no matter what the evil one threw at that child and his family, God's plan was realized because that child came to us for a purpose to die on the cross, to save us to, um, so that humanity would find salvation. So God's plan, no matter what the evil one threw at that child, or the family, God's plan was realized. And so salvation came for all of us. So here we are in the in, in our celebration at Christmas. It's all happy. But you know what? Now we're being told not to gather with family. Only 25 or yeah, 25% uh, capacity in the church. 
And in the case of Calvary Chapel and, and Legacy, where they packed them in, now they're going to be fine, like between five and ten thousand dollars. Okay, so uh, you know, and I'm sure that's you know not just exclusive to the Albuquerque area. Um, and um, so what else? You know, uh, our political situation, all this darkness. Okay, but look, here's the deal: because people are getting depressed, people are are freaking out. Well, look. The deal is, here's, here's, here's the reason I have hope, because God's plan is going to be realized, and every person is a big part of God's plan. God's plan is going to be realized, no matter what the evil one throws at you or your family, God's plan is going to be realized, okay? And look, the deal is, are these the end times? Because, uh, because people, I'm hearing people say, oh, these are the end times. Yeah, okay, but look, the end times commenced when when God became incarnate, okay? So the end times have happened. The end times are happening. They will happen. Okay. The head of the serpent has been crushed. It is being crushed. It will be crushed. Okay. So God's plan has already been realized. It's being realized and it will be realized. We are a part of that plan. Okay. And we already just look at the scriptures. Okay. Just read the gospels. We already know how they, uh, we already know the ending. We know how this whole thing ends. Okay. So don't give up. Be, be of good cheer. Celebrate the birth of Jesus with great joy. Do not let everything, our government or pandemic or whatever, get. Don't let Dr. Fauci get you down. Okay? Jesus is born. Jesus died. Jesus has been raised. Jesus will come again. Period. That's guaranteed. That's right. So, what did you preach on? <laughs> well, I uh, honestly, I... I um used all the readings i didn't ju- you know sometimes you just select one mm-hmm. readings from one of the masses mm-hmm. so i read i did all the readings and i and i told people said this is chronological really so, so you have the the uh the genealogy from matthew's gospel is the mm-hmm. is the vigil mass and then at midnight you have the angels appearing to the uh to the to the shepherds mm-hmm. and the sky is lit up can you imagine what that was like and you were just, you were just mentioning it that the, that at the darkest part of the, or the dark of the night not the, maybe the darkest part but there all these angels suddenly appear mm-hmm. and they're 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 singing glory to God in the highest and it's they're worshiping God they're praising mm-hmm. God in in the form of a little child and they tell the shepherds who obviously were like uh, is this are we dreaming or not right and then on the uh, the uh, um, mass for the dawn is the shepherds then go to the stable in Bethlehem to check out what the angels had been telling them. And then the, the, the gospel for the day is John's prologue. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and, and so on, right? So I said, if you look at this, the, the three, the, the three uh, readings from the synoptic gospels, Matthew and Luke, are historical, the the fourth gospel is an explanation of who Jesus is so it's theological and mystical in nature and they all they all tie together and of course the readings too uh from St Paul's letters to uh Tim- to Titus and, and Hebrews um they also they also instruct people about salvation about what God is doing through his church 
and how those who are believers are now incorporated into this mystical body, into this community that that Christ instituted. And of course, the Old Testament reads, my favorite is from midnight. It's the, the people who live in darkness have seen a great light. Mm-hmm. And by the way, by the way, back to what I was kind of saying, when is the light the brightest? At the darkest? And the, the, yeah, right. The light is brightest in the darkness. Right. When, it's when can you see a star? In the middle of the daytime? No. Right. But at night. That's good. That's a good point. Right. So in the darkest moments of our humanity mm-hmm. and stuff, okay, look, Jesus is the light of the world. Right. Follow him. That's right. Just follow him. He's the, he is the source. And, that, and the, But we have to be humble enough to accept the fact that he came the way that he did. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why he goes to the little and the humble, because they they embrace him much more quickly, or they embrace him when others who think that they already know everything don't don't believe and don't want to know him. Mm-hmm. So mm, that's good. Okay, now listen. So uh, this week also we're celebrating the feast of uh, Our Lady, the Mother of God Theotokos. So I don't know if I mentioned this at the top of this broadcast. Uh, did you notice I said broadcast? Broadcast? No, it's podcast. Uh, it's podcast. Yeah, I know. Well, no, it's podcast or broadcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if it's a it's a podcast, if it's online like this, is a podcast, right? But you know, broadcast is like radio. So I've combined the two. Oh, okay. So I I now say broadcast. Broadcast. <laughs> wow, you're a genius. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> A COVID brain or no COVID brain, so podcast. So I just throwing that out. I invented that back when this, like two years ago or whenever, when this this podcast began. The early days of Holy Smokes Catholic Review. Why did I ever agree to do this? William is the guy who came to me. We were smoking a cigar. He's like, you know what we should do? No, what? Go play golf? No, we should do a podcast. So I, I kind of caved to him. So in any case, we're still doing this. But... um. So where was I going with this? I don't even know. See my brain. I'm telling you, my brain, it's weird. Our Lady Mother of God. Of God. So uh, look, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but um, so I, uh, I, I have or had a friend who's to this day devotee big time over at Calvary Chapel. So we're going back and forth about the Blessed Mother, right? You know what I mean? And uh, so... Uh, at some point I did say, well, after all, she is the mother of God. She went ballistic. Like, how can you say that? She gave birth to her creator. How can you say that? Yeah, that's right. She gave birth to her creator. If Jesus isn't God, then what did she give birth to or who? You know what I mean? So we're celebrating on the first, the feast day of our Mary or our lady, Mary, Mary mother of of, of God. God, the mother of God. And that's a great mystery. That's right. She gave birth to her creator. Okay. She gave birth to her creator. And if Jesus isn't God, then she gave birth to, we don't know who. Right. That's true. That's true. That was the big argument, right? From the Nicene Council up to Ephesus. Yeah. It's a, who, who is Jesus? What could you say about him? Uh, his person and nature are a mystery. Right. Especially, especially if you read the scriptures, it's like, okay, so what he's even saying about himself is, is really, is really profound and, and troubling to many people like the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees who said this man claims to be God because he uses 
the kind of terminology that they would have understood. I am. Right? Mm-hmm. We see that throughout the scriptures. He also does things that only God can do. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. Go tell John what you see. Right. So I would say this, though. Anytime you're dialoguing with a non-Catholic Christian person, and this is no slam on them, look, fearless defenders of the faith and the whole bit. But I would ask them, you know, uh, so look, would you say that Mary is the mother of God? And if they say no, well, then see, listen, I would say, well, then how can I trust your Christology? Because yeah. if you get it wrong on Mary, then you're going to get it wrong on Jesus. So That's if right. Mary is not the mother of God, okay, what does that say about Jesus? Because she gave birth to this child. His name was Jesus, who we proclaim to be God. So Mary gave birth to him who is God. So if Mary is not God, then what exactly are you claiming Christ then to be? Right. So they, you put a, they put themselves in a box because they claim that they claim Jesus as their Savior, Lord and Savior, right? But they haven't thought it all the way through to, to think about, and that's because they they don't uh, they don't take advantage of the of the many theologians and bishops and so on who came before them who worked through these same problems, because they won't they won't accept anything that comes from Catholic sources as being valid, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so they've, you know, they're they're trying to reinvent the wheel, and without the sacraments, right? Mm-hmm. And that in itself, to me, would be an impossibility because, you know, the Eucharist has to be, you know, part of the focus of this. Is because what do we what do we say about the Eucharist? It's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. It's in, it's Christ uh, present to us, uh, hidden behind the accents of bread and wine, but uh, nonetheless, still mm-hmm. our Lord. So, well, but see, here's the, here's the thing though. If you study history, okay, you can, you can trace back, you, you can trace back all the way back to the apostles, this, you know, this succession of bishops, right? All the way back to the apostles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, if they won't accept like say Irenaeus or Justin Martyr, then, then they really shouldn't accept John, uh, Calvin and, and, and well, no, no, oh, no. No, I'm sorry. Okay, I got it. John or Matthew or Luke or Mark. You see what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. then, because they were, uh, you know, uh, they preceded, all right, predecessors of Justin Martyr and Irenaeus and so on, right? So, you follow me? So, right. Well, from a historical, from just from, uh, just from an historical point of view. We have much more knowledge of World War II than we have of the Civil War, really, probably, or even if you go further back, the Revolutionary War, um, because it's much more current. And there were people alive today who were who were eyewitnesses of these things. Not very many more, but so the the closer we are to when these things happen, the more uh, the more people there are who who we can meet, who can right. Be a, testify or so so right so so rather than say okay we're we're far separated from the apostles but so let's rely on the testimony of those people those writers like Irenaeus or polycarp or ignatius of antioch 
who were actually, you know, well, think about Antioch or, or Ignatius of Antioch. Polycarp, these guys were actual disciples of John, right. the apostle. Right. So right. we can a- we can rely on their stuff because they learned from John who learned then from Jesus. And then they handed on what they had learned from uh, from the apostles to right. their successors. Mm-hmm. That's why the church is so uh, so uh, adamant about the succession of the bishops that there's an unbroken mm-hmm. line that goes all the way back to the apostles mm-hmm. because there's then there's that connection. Yep. Okay, so, yeah, all right, so that's good. So listen, in any case, uh, the feast, and I know pandemic, so it's not a day of obligation, but such a beautiful way to begin the year with... uh, Perfect, yeah. Yeah, by honoring our Holy Mother. When we honor Our Lady, we honor Jesus Christ. And remember, too, that Our Lady is the... the, that the United States is consecrated to the Immaculate Conception, the Blessed Virgin Mary. So even if you can't make it to Mass tomorrow for whatever reason... uh, Ask her to watch over and guard our country. Well, and pray the rosary every yeah. day. You yeah. know? So someone said, you know, I, I often speak about the triumph of Our Lady's uh, heart. The triumph, it's coming. The final triumph, right? It is. I, I absolutely agree with that. But that's another thing. It's happened, it's happening, and it will happen, all right? Right. Um, so somebody would disagree and say, well, you know, all you talk about is the triumph of her heart. What about Jesus? Well, look, what does the triumph mean? <laughs> It means that her son, Jesus, will reign in the hearts of all the Lord's children. Right. Okay. But you brought, you know, you brought something up in the scriptures. Simeon, a sword will pierce your heart. And Mm -hmm. and, uh, I forget suddenly the rest of that. Well, he says, he says. Thoughts will be revealed or something like that. Yeah, the sword will pierce you, he says. He looks at her and says, you, a sword of sorrows will pierce your soul so that the thoughts of many hearts will be laid bare. That's right. So her heart then is pierced. It's always shown this, uh, this, our sorrowful mother, uh, the seven swords, the seven sorrows and all that. There's a chaplet and everything that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, when she always brings people to her son, mm-hmm. she never, she never gets, wants all the attention. She just, she just shows people the way to to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if her heart triumphs in, in, in the world, well, then ultimately that's going to lead to the people coming to her son. Right. And I mentioned it last, that the last podcast we did, when you look at iconography, okay, so uh, Mary is, is, you know, painted right in the middle. She's always holding her son, but she's holding the son out to, to, to the viewer, right? It's not like, you know, Jesus is hiding behind her. Or something, or she's got him wrapped up in in you know her in in her mantle. Right. She's holding Jesus out for all to see. Right. That's like, a, look, that's a here good point. is the the here he is. Right. Yeah. All right. So very cool. Do you have anything else going on? We're at the end of this, but we can babble on for another. I don't know. Hey, you know what I did though? What'd you do on Monday? I made a pot of pasoli. So good. Yeah, it's your first time. No, no, no. I've done it before. I do it in honor of my mother. Pasole. Yeah. Yeah. Why was it so good? Because I, I made it like my mom makes it. You know what I, I made it. You know what I did? What you did? Grilled cheese sandwich. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's easy and it's Man, good. that's that's better than what you usually do. Isn't it just a bag of chips? <laughs> hey, those are Doritos. <laughs> so really, so so did you have, it was what? So you had the pasole, you had the corn. 
right? You add, so you cook the corn, obviously, mm-hmm. and then when it's ready, when it's popped, mm-hmm. right, the sorghum, mm-hmm. then you add, and I get stew beef and uh, t- pork tenderloin, and mm-hmm. I cut it up into little chunks, and I add that in, mm-hmm. and I always, uh, it's always frozen. I don't mm-hmm. let it thaw out. I mm-hmm. put it in while it's still frozen, mm-hmm. and then I get the red chili. That's frozen, and I put it in frozen, and the green chili is frozen as well. For some reason, the when it, when it uh, you put it in that way, it, the meat comes out a lot more tender, and the flavor is really good. Um, so listen, you know, so if you don't know what we're talking about, pasoli is like it's it's corn, but then you what do you boil it and then it pops up? It it's yeah, cool. it's a sorghum. It's a it's a kind of like pops, only right. not like popcorn, right? But it kind of swells up, right? So you know, I just I just eat sugar pops and call it, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> Pasoli. Uh, you know that guy, Ted Coville, our listener from Massachusetts, he texted us. Oh. So uh, we're going to, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll uh, read this next week. So we talked about golf. Oh, yeah. I guess this guy spent some time in Taos. So we'll, we'll, uh, I meant to read this this week, but we got, uh-huh. we got cool. caught up in talking about coronavirus. Yeah. But I'm tired of talking about, I'm talked, I'm talked out about coronavirus and yeah. politics, I've had enough, please. I haven't really talked about it until I talked, you know, in a long time until I talked with you about it. Yeah, so well. Maybe we got a little carried away. Yeah, then. maybe. I don't know. But it is here. And so anyway, are you going to get the vaccine? I don't know. See, I'm one day yes and the next day no. Is it a genetic? It's a, it's not a vaccine like we would think a vaccine is. It's actually, it it, it does something to the genetic code or something so what is that i don't even know what you mean what is that it's a cell it it affects the cells so what we're going to be mutants in the future i don't get it what are you saying i don't know either i mean they 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 said it was tested in father michael uh the the ethicist i can't think of his last name you'd know it he says he seems to think it's okay um, that it's not that it's not a big danger, but I've never taken vaccines for the flu or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm I'll wait. That's why you I'm lost not, your hair. I'm I'm healthy for the most part. I'm not going to get in line ahead of somebody else who probably mm-hmm. needs it more than I do. Just curious. Yeah. Just curious. I don't know. They may make us anyway. That's part. You know. See that, that they can't do that. Can they? <laughs> Can the government make well, us get or put some? I mean, you're putting let's, let's you're people, putting stuff in your body. I mean, right, you know. So, you, so let's say that there's people who like in the work in the public schools. Are they going to be forced to get that if they, or they get continue? To oh work? yeah, well, I, that I understand, right? So, yeah, that's true, right? So, so. Is they, are they going to do the same thing with priests who are in contact with people all yeah, the time? I don't know. Um, I get what you're saying. Though. You know, whatever. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna worry about that. It's kind of conspiracy theory stuff. That's uh, that can drive people crazy. And yeah. Well, so like I say, one day yes, the next day no. I don't know. But you know how I am. I go to a restaurant and I order. They wait, 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 waitress like, what can I get you? I'll say I'll have that. You know, I'll have the number three special. And then she's walking away. I'm like, wait a minute, come back here. You nix that. I want the number five special. And then she's walking away. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Come back here. I, I want the number three after. I, I got to tell you, folks, he does do that. And then she's walking away. And I'm like, hey, no, come back here, man. And I look at, see that guy over there? What What is he eating? Oh, that's the number 10. Yeah, I'm going to have the number 10. 
What would you like to drink? Uh, let's see. I'll have uh, just water. No, no, wait a minute. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that is so true about you. <laughs> little exaggeration, but. Yeah. All right. So I'm just tired, man. Me too. I'm tired. I just want to go play golf in somewhere warm. And... Right. So did well, you let's, get, do let's you do get, it. Do you ever get like prayed out or churched out? Yeah, I think churched out, it, and, but. I love seeing the people, but I don't know. Yeah. I, sometimes it's just like, yeah, I just want, I just want some quiet for like two weeks. Well, I have, you know, I live alone. Yeah. Right. So I can just go to my house and mm-hmm. close the door. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's nice. So, but you have your room, you have your no, little. I'm fine. I'm not talking about home. I'm just talking about churched out, you know, and stuff and just I think everything. when there's a lot of stuff that we, there's special holidays like this, this are, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it, mm-hmm. decorating. And this year has been. Uh, That's why we need di- afterwards to get in the car or on an airplane and be split. Can't do it now. Nope. Well, maybe. Maybe we'll get away. Yeah, but then you come back, you got to quarantine for two weeks. Oh. How's that going to work? <laughs> I'll just put a cardboard cut out of me in the house. <laughs> Look, he's quarantined. <laughs> you know what? I, my, I to be honest with you. I just, I, I, I know all kinds of people that, I'm like, did you quarantine? Yeah, for a day. Really? Yeah. Well, but that's that's not even universal. That's just the... We, let's not go down that path. Yeah, we already did. Hey, I kind of gather that you're really not a big fan of the governor. Um, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to like people. You have to love them and pray for them. That's right. And want heaven. And we should. Them. That's true. Yeah. And, that, and I do. Absolutely. You know, I I learned a long time ago, rather than sit and curse at these people on TV, these politicians and uh, celebrities, too. Right. Mm -hmm, You know, right. Just look, the problem is they they, they're I I think they disagree with this, but they've been so clouded by the evil one. Right. And that we need to pray that they they they're that the light of truth. okay, reason. Right. Penetrates them that because we see it. Look, if St. Paul can be converted. Right. Well, the thing is, is that I think you're absolutely right. Unrepentant sin leads to darkening of the intellect and inability to see truth clearly. That's so true. Okay, so thank you for being on this podcast. We'll see. You going to be next week? I don't know. I, if I'm around, sure. Yeah. I'll is try that to, Wednesday again? Yeah, and I'll talk William into coming in. Okay. But, you know, he's crazy. He's got this work thing going on and, you know, and... And uh, stuff. So, you know, he's a busy guy, I guess. Hey, um, that's next Wednesday. So uh, we'll record on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, it's a podcast. We can do whatever we want. That's true. You know? It's a podcast. Podcast. Oh, sorry. Podcast. <laughs> and applaud you right out the door. <laughs> you plod. You're a plod. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, sjvnm.org. Did I say that? No. Uh, it's our website. Check it out. And uh, we're going to build a church. 
you know, because this pandemic's not going to be around forever. That's right. And so we're going to do it. We need it. So uh, help us out, okay? SJVNM.org is a place to go. You can go to donate and donate, all right? All right. So uh, listen, just a little note that on uh, for the Feast of Our Lady of, well, Theotokos, the Mother of God. So hmm, Vigil Mass at 6 and then the Mass of the Day at 10 and then the usual, uh, um, you know, Sunday schedule with 25%. Okay. Hey, bye. See you later, Father Scott. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at CatholicSingles.com.